This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Let's talk about the next generation of fantasy football. At FanDuel, you select a team of Premier League players for a single day's fixtures. That means you're not locked in for the whole season. You can play, watch and win in one day. When your players nail it on the pitch, you rack up points and jump up the real money leaderboard. FanDuel's scoring system uses Opta stats to reflect every player's true on-field contribution. So, outscore your opponents and win cash for your football expertise. Every Premier League match day with FanDuel and just for Homesdale radio listeners we've got an extra special offer right now when you sign up use the promo code PALACE that means if you don't make money in your first contest FanDuel will refund your entry fee up to £10 so go to FanDuel.co.uk and use the promo code PALACE to grab the offer now what are you waiting for? terms apply over 18s only please play responsibly Homestyle Radio Preview Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel.co.uk, the next generation of fantasy football. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Homestyle Radio Preview Podcast. I am your host, Terence Ford, and I am here to make an urgent appeal to defenders. If you're slimming and Neil Ruddock and faster than Lee Anderson, take your boots up to the Sunderland Light Stadium, Light even on Saturday, and you might just get a game. Talking to Neil Ruddock, joining me this week is Joe Hollyoak, making his preview podcast debut. Well, assuming we've got shorts big enough to fit. And oh, fans... damn! <laughs> and... me about three times, then. Compared to the eighties. And we also joined by fan TV star Lucy White, who has kindly taken some time out of her busy TV schedule to t- talk to us about the upcoming fixture against Sunderland. <laughs> We will also be talking to Reese Hansen from the We Are Wearside blog to get the lowdown on Sunderland. And before we get into all of that, I have to remind you that you should subscribe to our podcast by visiting holradio.net forward slash subscribe. Homestyle Radio Preview Podcast, sponsored by fanduel.co.uk. The next generation of fantasy football. Okay, as I mentioned in the intro, we have a preview podcast debut in this episode. Mr. Joe Hollyoak, welcome to the preview podcast madness. 
Thanks, mate. I just totaled um, him knives at me back. <laughs> <laughs> um, you will, of course, go by the name on Twitter of at Gelda Caddy because of your past as a golf caddy. If you could caddy any current Palace player, who would it be? And why? You can give me a why as well. Uh, I, I would say Damien Delaney. Okay. Uh, and the reason why is because I think he's been there, seen it, and done it. And I think that he would be, he would know how to, to, to he'd probably give me five hours of stories. Which <laughs> just, I just, I love talking to people, um, and especially interesting people. And obviously, we'd have quite a few interests, i.e., golf, if I was caddying for him, and football. And pallets. So, but yeah, that, that, that really the reason, the person and the reason. I reckon Delaney's probably quite good at golf because he likes to hit things long. Although saying that's usually diagonal, isn't it? So he'll probably hit the rough. <laughs> yeah, he just did see <laughs> 70 yards left. <laughs> and of course, laughing in the background there is my other guest, Lucy Wyatt, who you're on this all the time with me now, aren't you? Yeah, season pros now. Yeah. Well, in the news this week, we've all seen unless you live under a rock, that Brangelina have broken up. Oh, no, we're not talking about this. Please. No, we're not. That's the, that's the end of it, mate. It's just, a, it's just a little segue into my next question, which is on the theme of breakups, Luce, what's your saddest ever Crystal Palace breakup? So when a player or a manager has left and you've just been absolutely gutted by it? If I was going on because of who it was, I would say it'd have to be Dougie Friedman leaving as manager. Um, but I think the most upsetting time was when Pulis left. Oh. Because oh. it was so out of the blue because of the time it was, like two seasons, uh, two days before the start of the season. It was just, it was like a real kind of knife in the heart. And he, he just just went, didn't he? And, it, and that was it. He, he left for money and we'd had such a good season prior to that. Yeah, I'd say that that was probably the most gutting, but not necessarily because of who he was, just because of how it all happened. That was certainly a very low moment. Jill, what about you? Who 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 pulled at your heartstrings when they left? I didn't think it was much pulled at my heartstrings. I was I was more annoyed that he left, but I know it wasn't his fault, and it was Ian Wright. When when um, Wright left, it, it, it was a a big scandal beforehand, which I'm sure was, you know, I'll, I'll put it out there, and I'm, I'm sure that um, that Ron Nodes said what he said um, about black players wearing gloves and, you know, not liking the cold, etc. To make it, to give Wrighty the the the, the uh, excuse to leave Palace or to leave with the aunt and go to Arsenal. Um, but yeah, for me, Wrighty was was the sign of of us grabbing a player and he gave us, he gave us moments and he gave me moments, which is a, as a palace fan, I hadn't had before, you know, the, the, the 1990 final when he came on as a sub and, and, and scored them goals and just, just stuff that he did, the, the importance of him and his, you know, the, the way that he just played like a, no, it reminds me, it reminds me of, of uh, not many other players have ever played, but when Gazza played football, you just know that they, they just love playing football. You give them a ball and they just run all day, all day, every day. So when he went, it was a low point because 
well, we all went and see what he did for Arsenal. And I, when I look back now, I think he could have, you know, that could have been us. That could have been the, the real catapult into the, into the big time for us with someone like him. Well, would it surprise you if I told you that when this podcast goes out on the 23rd of September, Friday, it will be 25 years to the day that Ian Wright left for Arsenal? You're joking. How old does that make you feel? Well, no, but that's just really spooky that <laughs> I chose him and you've turned around and said that, and that wasn't contrived at all. I can, it's it's I can almost like you. it was planned. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah and, it, and it was, I promise you, it wasn't. Yeah, it's, um, Jesus, 25 years. Yeah, well, for me, it was Peter Ramage anyway. We'll just leave that there. Um, <laughs> let's, let's get into talking about uh, the game. We played at Southampton. That has left us looking really, really frail at the back. Um, Scott Dan pulled up chasing a ball back. Looks like a bit of a hamstring problem, which means he could be out for a few weeks. We've got a defensive crisis going on, haven't we? So, loose. what are we going to do? <laughs> So all right, we've got Zeki Fryers. <laughs> <laughs> and talking about weird things, um, Zeki Fryers made his only ever Palace appearance before the Southampton game on the 21st of September, which is the same date as the Southampton game. But OK, Zeki Fryers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Martin Kelly is probably going to have to move into the middle, right, Joe? Yeah, you would think so. And how, He's been uh, very good recently, though. I've been very impressed with him. He's never let us down, though, Luce. No, he he's hasn't. never let us down, ever. He's just never been given the right opportunity. And I think that, I mean, when Dan went off yesterday, he he really impressed, I think. And I think he deserves to have the spot. The way he, he impressed. He impressed himself onto Shane Long's ankle. Well, <laughs> yeah. Apart from giving the penalty. Do you know, I was... Um... It was a terrible tackle and a stupid tackle and also a tackle he should, been, he should have been making with his other foot because if he comes round the long side of his left foot, he takes the ball and not the player. And it's Shane Long. You know that he's not going to try and stay on his feet. But, I, you know, as much as I hate Shane Long and he's diving, that was actually a penalty for me. But, um, you know, Martin Kelly, as much as he says he wants to be a centre-back, we can count on the times on one hand that he's played centre-back for Crystal Palace and he certainly wasn't playing there for Liverpool. So it's still a position that he's got to learn there. So uh, are you worried, uh, perhaps, that Jermaine Defoe might be able to take uh, advantage of the lack of, you know, the solid unit that we have with um, Delaney and Dan being broken up and it now being Kelly and Delaney? I don't, I don't think so. I mean, you know, when I spoke on the last... Uh, on the whole radio show... I'd, I thought, firstly, I said before before the game about Tomkins, Tomkins getting injured. I think it's only a short term injury, but I thought even with Tomkins anyway, I still think we're a number we're another number four, we're another number four down, and that's proved the fact now yeah. that we've lost both both our first choice centre backs inside inside four days, and and now we're really struggling. So, but you know, when you're a Palace player. As as uh, Ward knows and 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 a few others, uh, Punch and you know you, you have to learn to play in not just a position but positions. So mm-hmm. you know it's a it's a it's a step up to the step up to the plate and uh, and do what you can for the crisis to you know just to avert the crisis. Yeah, well, I'm sure Pardew and the team would have certainly looked to, to Kelly as being a full centre back, so hopefully he can step in. Um, Johan Kabai also came back in the Southampton game. Lucy, 
he's going to just walk straight back into the team, isn't he? Yes, worryingly. And I didn't think he had a great game yesterday either. I just think that because of who he is, he's Pardew's top boy. It's like he literally does just walk straight back into the team. And I just think it's so unfair. I said um, the other, I said in a tweet the other week on the um, whole radio show that, you know, Ledley has been solid for us in midfield and it's, it would be unjust for Kabai to just come in and take his place. Kabai's got to work for it, but it doesn't seem like that that's going to happen, unfortunately. Well, okay. I mean, I've been um, impressed with Ledley in the last few mm-hmm. weeks. Um, very, very tidy. 100%. Keeps possession well. But, Gel, answer me this. What do you reckon? Joe Ledley into left back if Kabai's going to walk straight back in? He's got to be Zeki Friars, right? Oh, good call. Good call. Um, oh, blimey. Uh, what What about if you're going to bring him into the back, why, why not stick him as a centre back? Who, Ledley? Well, if you're going to stick him, if you're going to stick him at the back where he could, you know, get spun around in circles by, the, by, their, by their wide players. I mean, you, this is the other thing as well. Are we not, are we completely, you know, inept at trying to play 3 5 2? We need some sort of jingle for when you say 3 5 2, mate. Yeah, but we the thing is. We need a button. <laughs> Cowbells. <laughs> we they didn't get an airing in the, uh, at the end, of, you know, the end of the window. Well, the well, no, the reason I'm saying it, Joe, is because he's got a history of playing at left back. Um, he certainly played at left back at Celtic and at Cardiff. Um, and he, he definitely prefers, prefers playing centre mid, but he oh, definitely I, has a history I, I, at left I back. Never, I didn't know he'd ever played left back. So yeah, yeah. But, but the thing is, it's, like you say, it, it's players playing where they can, but. I don't know. I mean, I would, I would seriously look at, at different formations. You know, now this is now where the wing backs are really, really going to have to earn their, mm. are going to have to earn their money. Yeah. Well, look, I think um, Delaney coming on at half time in the Stoke game. Since then, he's really like he's had that rocket up his ass and he's ready to go now, isn't he? I think he's played really, really well since then. So. Um, and, you know, with the players we've got now, we're trying to play further up the field. So hopefully um, the defensive crisis will not cause us too many problems because, hey, look, we're conceding goals anyway. But if we can score enough goals, then perhaps we will be all right. Right. Um, let's move on. Um, we're going to take a short jingle. And then after that, we will be talking to Reese Hansen from the We Are We Side blog about Sunderland. Homestyle Radio Freeview Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel.co.uk. The next generation of fantasy football. Just in really, really dire straits already before the season had even started. So there was a lot of work for David Moyes to do, and it wasn't really done convincingly enough for for me, at least. And I know a lot of Sunderland fans were worried before a ball was even kicked this season. Okay, who's that? Who's um, done the best out of the people you have brought in? Um, you know, I should be sitting here saying Adnan Yanazai and saying that he's been absolutely fantastic, but he just hasn't. You know, he's he's certainly been well. He certainly had the most expectation, and just hasn't lived, lived up to it. 
Um, I'm not sure we have, we've had anyone come in that's been fantastic this summer. Okay, well, obviously, as you said, you've had David Moyes come in. Um, what's the main difference between a style that Moyes has tried to implement versus what Allardyce was doing? It seems it seems a lot less attacking the, um, than under Sam Allardyce. You know, I don't know if you saw the uh, Sunderland Tottenham game on Sunday yeah. night, but we just sat back and tried to catch them on the counter attack, which just never happened. And never look like happening. So, yeah, it's it's not, it's a lot less attractive football, which sounds ridiculous seeing Sam Ardice did that, con- <laughs> uh, considering all the press he's got and um, how everyone perceives him as. But no, it, it just it's not great to watch so far. Hopefully that'll change. But yeah, from what I've seen, it looks like. Um... Allardyce looks more like he built his team around Jermaine Defoe because he's going to be the person who gets your goals. But he seems a bit of an afterthought under Moyes. Um, it seems more to be going through Yanazai. But um, from my viewings of the Tottenham game and I also watched the um, Everton game as well, and Yanazai seems to have this like free role when everything's trying to go through him. But I'm not sure it's really working. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, well. it's not really. I'm <laughs> <Not inside> us. <laughs> Right, we've got um, some. We've already been talking about our defensive frailties. Uh, with Scott Dan injured, James Tompkins is injured as well. Uh, so, my years. <laughs> so, do you think um, you've got the means to sort of take advantage of our poor, uh, well, our, what will definitely be our second string defence, or um, do you think you still might struggle to break us down? I'd like to think we'll have enough to. Well, like you say, against your weak in defence but you know there's there's Jimmy in the four and not a lot else in Sunderland's attack at the minute Duncan Watmore's obviously got the expectation but just hasn't hit the heights he hit for us last season um, and we've got obviously well Jimmy in the four is our only fit striker at the minute Fabio Barini's out injured he injured himself taking a free kick which is just <laughs> quite typical, really, of uh, how the season's gone so far. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not entirely sure we've got enough to break these down at the minute. Stephen Fletcher's gone as well, hasn't he? He always scored against us. He did. Two, yeah. two pretty much identical headers in the last two years, I think. Absolutely. I'm glad he's yeah. gone. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> that, that header in the 3-1 was a great header. On the flip side, uh, who worries you about Palace Reese? Who are you looking at? Zaha, Townsend, Benteke? Slightly controversial opinion. I've never been impressed by Wilfred Zaha. I think okay. every time I've seen him playing against Sunderland, he's just he just hasn't lived up to the hype. Um, Andros Townsend definitely worries me, especially how good he was with Newcastle last year. Thankfully, he didn't keep them up. but <laughs> He uh, tried. <laughs> uh, Christian Benteke... He's obviously the big one. He always seemed to score against Sunderland for Villa. So I remember he scored a hat-trick in the 6-1 defeat to them a few years ago. Okay. All right, then. So we'll move on to a bit of a prediction. What, what, what do you fancy? I'm going to be extremely optimistic and say 1-0 to Sunderland. Whether that happens or not, I wouldn't particularly stake any money on it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Okay, look, Reese. thank you very much for joining us, mate. Um, yeah, cheers. And, and I wish you no luck whatsoever with your <laughs> Beyond mutual. Every picture tells a story. Keep up to date with ours on Instagram at Homestale Radio. Right, so that was Reese Hansen. Guys, um, only one place to start there, I think. Doesn't rate Wilfred Zaha? What do you think about that, Joe? Pays of drugs, obviously. <laughs> 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 Is he cold up there already? He's <laughs> right. Um, well, listen, it could be. I mean, imagine, imagine if Will tears him a new one. Well, he's going to have to, isn't he? Because we're we're going to be under pressure anyway. So our, our forward players are going to have to really have to. You know, we're going to have to win three two or two one or whatever. But I hope, I hope Wilf does. Uh, I hope Wilf does uh, perform. You know, it seems that uh, Sunderland don't rate him. Newcastle doesn't rate him. Well, Alan Shearer, who is Newcastle, doesn't rate him. So um, it'd be nice to go up there and, uh, and and stuff him. Especially, I was so gutted he didn't score on on uh, on Sunday. I was really gutted, especially when he was in almost one on one with a keeper. Uh, that would have been nice. But yeah, no, it's just, uh, we all know what he can do. Not interested what other people think. Luce, he didn't sound um, very confident, even with our weakened defence. Uh, do you th- do you think that Sunderland and Defoe will cause us problems, or you know, if for me, uh, I-, I can't I can't personally see it. I think, as I was saying to Reese, they seem to be based more around Yanazai now and not Defoe. And you know, Allardyce put all his faith in Defoe. So, what do you reckon? Defoe will be able to step it up and. Causes problems, or, or should we run out comfortably? I think we should. I think we should be quite comfortable. But Sunderland are one of those teams that you never know which Palace side's going to turn up against them. Mm. Um, you've only got to look at those two Monday night matches at Sellers Park, where you know we were all set to win, and it didn't happen. So, yes, I think we could potentially win, but this is Palace. You, you never know, and well, yeah, we're on a winning streak, um, and it would be nice to get three wins on the bounce. No smashing by three goals to nil, but you know, I reserve judgment. I wait till I see the team before I sort of <laughs> decide what's going to happen. Um, I work with a Sunderland fan, and uh, much like the Stoke fans are saying last week, they uh, struggle with pace. And um, I think we've got that in abundance at the top end of the field. And I think, um, you know, Yanazai was the man that basically kept Wilfred Zaha out of the main United team. So hopefully Wilfred, that'll be in the back of his mind and he'll be wanting to prove yet again what a mistake Manchester United made in choosing a young Belgian talent over a young English talent. Hmm, doesn't sit right that with me. Um, we're going to go off to another short Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around, to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, 
let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This will jingle and then we will be back with predictions. Got something you'd like to get off your chest? Tweet us now at Whole Radio. Right, we will start with the listener predictions first. It's an optimistic bunch this week, guys. We've got Kev Roberts, that is at Cape Town Kev, friend of the podcast, has gone for 3-1 Palace. Ben Teke to score two and Jason Punchin to open his account for the season. <laughs> <laughs> easy, Gel, <Jill>, easy. <laughs> at Adam, CPFC 91 has gone 4-0 for Palace. We're playing brilliantly at the moment and he expects that to continue. At Stewie CPFC, if Kabaya plays, we lose. If he doesn't, we win 3-1. Controversial. Darren Broadfoot has gone for a 3-0 Palace win. Ben Teke, Townsend and Wilf. At Willy Wonka, 95 has gone 2-1 Palace. We never keep a clean sheet. He's been watching. And Nigel Collins, finally, has gone for 2-0 Palace with Ward and Ben Teke. Before we get into our predictions, guys... I am going to hit you with some stats. Hey, listen here. It's the attack of the stats. It's the stat attacks. Prove anything with stats, Till. <laughs> and I regularly do. <laughs> <laughs> right, this is going to be the 47th meeting between the two sides. Uh, 16 wins, 16 losses, and 14 draws so far. So a very, well, Completely even record there. Uh, I think Palace slightly outscored Sunderland, but I didn't write down the numbers. Um, our biggest win was... Uh, do you want to guess? 7-1. No. It was the 4-1, the Yannick Balassi hat-trick. Um, Sunderland's biggest win against us was the 4-2 in the FA Cup replay, I want to say, up in, back in 2001. Um, last season, we lost... 1-0 at Celeste in that, as we tend to do against Sunderland. And we drew 2-2 at the Stadium of Light, or Sunderland of Light, as we now call it, um, <laughs> with a last-minute equaliser from um, Barini. Looking back, did he mean that? Yeah, fact out. I think we had this debate, didn't we, Joe, on the show? We definitely, had, we definitely had that debate. Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't think so. Anthony Taylor is the referee, and quite interestingly, if you're a geek like me, it's the third time in a row we've gone to the stadium of light, and he has been the referee. Does he uh, live down the road or something? <laughs> <laughs> um, and when Anthony Taylor is the referee in Palace games since we've returned to the Premier League, he's ref six of them, four wins, one draw, and one loss. And the only loss came in that 3-1 thrashing at Anfield when Suarez and Sturridge were just incredible. So five games unbeaten with Taylor in charge. So that could bode well for us. Right. Obviously, we still pointless with our predictions because nobody predicted 4-1 against Stoke. So, Lucy, you're the only person who's just as bad at me as this because you've been on here almost every week predicting <laughs> incorrectly. So I'm going to give you a chance to go first. What is your prediction? Uh, I'm going to go with what I said earlier and say 3-0 Palace. I need goal scorers. Uh, ben Teke twice and Wilf. Very nice. Gel? You got your. It's your first guess, mate. <laughs> Show us all up, and we'll bring back hashtag gel nose. 
two one. Two one. Yeah. You got you got to say which way. Oh, two one Palace. <laughs> okay, and who's who's, who's going to be bagging? Uh, who's, who do you reckon saying their penalties these days? Johan Gavaev is on the field, right. obviously, so we won't score any of those. All right, so Cabbage and Benseki. Cabbage. <laughs> That's what he comes up as on autocorrect all of the time. Yeah. There you go. Gel knows. All right. <laughs> um, I am going to go for... Do you know what? I'm going to go for 1-0 Paddis. I think something weird will happen. We'll have a terrible defence there and for some reason it will just work. So I want to go one nil Palace with a I'm gonna go for a James MacArthur goal. And oh. basically I'm just going against all of my instincts because my instincts are always wrong. So <laughs> I'm gonna try that. Right, so we are now gonna move over to another quick jingle and after that we're going to be talking a classic match, which is a new feature. Uh, on Twitter you can vote your match uh, it's on a Tuesday we've been putting a poll out on Twitter and you can vote for your classic match and we will talk about it on here and this week we, we will be talking about the 2003-2004 playoff semi-final against Sunderland Old Paul get in there literally the man who's been nothing more than an ineffectual spectator for the last six months has arrived to save Crystal Palace at the death. And don't they just right, know so it? Right, so this is our classic match feature. Um, I have no idea how this is going to go because it's the first time we've done it. Um, just before we started recording, Gel was like, what game is that again? Um, but he remembers now. Right, we'll talk about the tie as a whole. Um, it was Friday the 14th of May. It was a sunny day, sunny evening, very nice and warm at Sellers Park. And Crystal Palace run out 3-2 winners against Sunderland in a game that was nil-nil at half-time. Now, um, we'll give a quick rundown of the initial parts here. Tony Popovich took out Carl Robinson and Stewart scored the penalty. And then one minute later, Neil Shipley got on the end of a Danny Granville cross with a brilliant back-looping header. Uh, Luce, what do you remember about that header? Because I, I remember going mental. <laughs> Yes, uh, well, I was going mental the whole game in the end. Um, I, it was just, you can't, I was with my mum. We were like right at the front of the main stand and we just just went ballistic. Like the whole place just erupted and, you know, it, it, it's, it was just one of those classic games and, you know, ship, ships obviously then went on to uh, score the winning goal in the playoff final. But I think... You know, it was just it was in, it was a great goal as well. Great yeah. goal. I think like that was typical of our character in that run into that season as well. Just um, going behind and immediately just getting back into the game. It was it was nice. Um, and then what was it about ten twelve minutes later? Danny Butterfield from range. Any guesses of who it deflected off to go into the goal? Uh well, it was it was a Sunderland player. <laughs> it was, and you know what, what made me laugh about it when watching it back? I forgot it was Phil Babb and um, Paddy, oh. McCar- Paddy McCarthy the other week when we spoke to him on our podcast talked about um, Phil Babb being one of his heroes growing up. So um, 
Yeah, so that puts 2-1 up, um, and that's the way it stays with uh, about eight minutes from time. John Oster, remember him? He hit the post of Sunderland. Robertson missed a really, really good chance. And then um, eight minutes to go, Carl at the back post smashes the ball home. Then again, character defining in that side. We went straight down the other end a few minutes later, and Andy Johnson scored. Now, what happened after that was... Sunderland fans had poured on the pitch when they made it 2-2. Palace fans poured on the pitch when it 3-2. And then at the full-time whistle, there was a little bit of fisticuffs in the corner. Joe, you weren't involved, were you? No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> I, never, I never got involved in stuff like that back in the day, but not in the not in the 90s. You weren't allowed to do stuff like that. Well, I wasn't. Anyway, I was with Lisa. I was probably under orders. Um, right then so a bit like the Brighton playoff semi-final it was the Monday was the return leg when we travelled up to uh, the Stadium of Light Uh, it was all going so well at the beginning we an absolutely brilliant start remember just in the crowd singing our hearts out there being balloons everywhere Um, Mark Poon pulled off a ridiculous save to deny Julian Gray at the back post and then was the big chance, the really big chance. Aki Rialati hit the inside of the post with a header. Um, Lucy, you said you remember watching this one on Sky with your dad. Um, it really did feel like at that point that we'd miss big chances, didn't it? And it might come back to bite us. Yeah, it was It was a really, really tense game. And I remember by the end of it, me and my dad were like laying on the floor, like holding hands, like, going, <laughs> oh my God, what's going to happen? And... <laughs> You know, typical Palace, leave it right till the end and, you know, biting my nails. And, yeah, it was it was a really tough game to watch. <laughs> yeah, well, three, th- a three-minute period just before the break. So, um, Carl and Stuart scored to completely turn it all around. That was the third time that season that, some, that Carl and Stuart had played against us and had scored, both of them had scored in all three games. It's infuriating. And, but what I remember a lot is that going off at half-time, is the Sunderland team, the, all the players, the fans in the stadium, they thought they'd won it. They really mm. thought that they'd won it. Meanwhile, in my pocket, my phone is vibrating like crazy. It was in 2003-04, so it would have been a Nokia 3210. <laughs> going off in my pocket, and I just thought, it's my friends are just abusing me. I'm not looking. I'm absolutely not looking. Um, so then the rest of the game goes on and I'll tell you what the message is said after. Um, goes into the second half. Uh, we're trying, we're trying, we're trying. We lump Darren Powell on as a forward. We're lumping the ball long. Doesn't look like it's going to happen. And then Julian Gray absolutely sides down Jason McAteer for um, his second yellow card and gets sent off. Acts crazy, gets up, jumps up, wants a bit of Jason McAteer. He Eventually, we get him off the pitch, um, and we all think he's gone. The Sunderland fans think he's gone. They're all celebrating, and then Wayne Routledge is fouled on the edge of the box, just as the they weren't called assistant referees for them, were they? What was the fourth official call back then? No clue. He held up the board four minutes. Derry whips in the free kick. Mark Poom saves it. He's near post, and it goes out for a corner. Now, gel. Neil Shipley assaults Mark Poom, right? <laughs> when this cop comes in. <laughs> <laughs> he just absolutely cleans him out. Um, it's a foul in everyone's book. And there's um, Darren Powell to nod it in. Um, it only played four or five minutes of football before um, the first leg since October because of injury. 
and he flies into the crowd in celebration. And what does he do? Does anyone remember? He knocks a disabled man out of his wheelchair. Are you joking? Nobody cares. <laughs> the person is <laughs> the the guy who's been knocked out of the wheelchair. Don't care. He's loving it. He's going crazy. Um, and that was it. it. Went to extra time, and um, you know, Sunderland had a little attempt at us, but never really. Um, Looked like breaking us down, and then we were at the dreaded penalty shootout. And this is going to be our quiz feature of this week. Because, <laughs> Lucy, you know you love it. I hate your quizzes. <laughs> well, you know, you both watched the game. It's the order of the penalty shootout. So, oh, I'm going I'm to ask you, <laughs> alternating, and all you need to tell me is whether they scored or missed. It's quite simple. So, Lucy... John Oster steps up first for Sunderland. Scores or misses? Scores. Gel? Scores. Hits the inside of the post and it comes back out. It's a good start. It's a good Jeez. start. <laughs> <laughs> Andy Johnson. Scores. We all know he does, obviously. Tommy Smith for Sunderland. Scores. Very good. Gel, Dougie Friedman. Scores. No, misses. I'm, I'm, misses. Afraid, I'm afraid I've got to take your first answer, which is oh. correct. <laughs> Dougie Freeman scored. Uh, Lucy, Phil Babb. Scores. Very good. Tony Popovich, Joe. No, sorry, Neil Shipley went first. Forgive me. Uh, misses. Nope, scores, come on. Fucking hell, did we score every single one? <laughs> Carl Robinson, loose. Uh, who's next in Palace? Uh, Popovich is next. Scores. Okay, very good. <laughs> Gel Tony Popovich. This was this was the best penalty of them all. Scores. Whee! <laughs> Lucy, Gary Breen. Centre backs. That's two centre backs out of their first he was five. Massive. Stepping up. Jesus. How many goals is this? Which one is which number is this? So this is the fifth penalty. It's currently um three four three four. Three four palace, yeah. yeah. He misses. Breen scores, scores. It into the left bottom corner. Yeah. Damn it. Okay, so then we step up to win the match. Sean Derry. What does he do, Joe? Um, miss. Of course yes. he does. Of he course misses. he misses. Okay, then it goes crazy. Jason McAteer steps up loose. Uh, if I think I know who's next for Palace, I'm going to say he misses. He does indeed. He misses. It's saved. Very good. Down to his right by Nico Vesson. Gel. Wayne Routledge steps up to win it. What does he do? Misses. He certainly does. <laughs> Almost identical save from Mark Poon to the Sean Derry save. Lucy, Jeff Whitley. I think this one's easy. Misses. He does. And Michael Hughes steps up, Joe. And where does he put it? Smashes it top right. He does indeed. And Smashes it top right as well with his left foot. He does. Mark Poon got a hand to it, though, as he did on several of the penalties as well. He got very close to a lot of them. He can feel very aggrieved He was a good goalkeeper, he was. I'm it, sure. It, was he at Derby County for a long time, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Um, it was. A, he had a weird sort of um, semi-final, really, both legs. Uh, 
because he probably should have kept out the second and third Palace's goals in the second in the first leg. Uh, the Butterfield deflection, he got quite a big hand on, and he let the Johnson one slip under him. But then he um, oh, second... was crap, then. No, I've been the second leg. No, he made some brilliant saves, mate. He just had a he had a bit of a weird time. You can tell from watching back on the videos as well. Um, the Sunderland fans were always shouting "poom," so they was um, obviously big fans. So that was our classic match, of course. That took us to Wem- not Wembley, sorry, Cardiff, as yeah. it was then. And Neil Shipley scored the goal that took us to the Premier League, where somehow we managed to get relegated with a really good <laughs> squad. Uh, right, so remember to look out on Twitter for um, the poll for next week when we will be. Is Everton next? Yeah. It is Everton next. Well, we'll be little. Oh, we've got some good ones in there. We've got some good ones against Everton. Um, three, two, three, two. Three, two, three, two. Yeah, we've got two ones. We've got four some one. good ones in there. Yeah, four, one. And that's just a James Vaughan hat-trick against us, mate. Um, <laughs> right, yeah, so look out for the poll on Twitter and get your votes in. Now, next week, we will be talking about our classic match against Everton. Homestyle Radio, preview podcast, sponsored by fanjewel.co.uk. The next generation of fantasy football. Right, so all that's left to talk about now is your fanjewel teams for the week. Lucy, you love a bit of fanjewel, don't you? What... Um, who, who are you looking at putting in your team this week? Um, well, I made the selection yesterday, actually, Terence. Um, I'll just... Excuse me a second and I'll um, see what I've got. Right, so I've Let got... Iniacho <laughs> up front with oh. Ibrahimovic and Lukaku. Oh. Um, I've got my midfield as Townsend, Capu, Chadley and Snodgrass. Okay. Lots of goal um, scorers in there. I my wish we back the line are Coleman, Dan, which is not going to work out very well. <laughs> uh, but I do have time to edit it. Um, and Davies from Hull. Um, okay. Then in goal, I've got Jack Yupovich. I can never say his name. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you were saying you wanted to sign someone in there? Who was that? I wish, well, I wish we'd have signed Shadley. Shadley, good player. Mm, yeah, very good player. Very good player, indeed. Um, of course, FanDuel are our sponsors, and you can play yourself by going to fanduel.co.uk, where you can either play for real money or play for free. And um, when you sign up, if you're playing with real money or no money at all, make sure you sign up with the promo code Palace, and um, that will get you some bonuses if you uh, donate £10 and that bet loses, you will get your £10 back to bet with again. Um, yep, so fanjewel.co.uk for that. And as always, you're gambling with real money. So um, make sure you are aware of the pitfalls of gambling by heading over to gambleaware.co.uk. Gamble responsibly. Indeed, gamble responsibly, Gel. Um, and you've got a good voice for that because you sound exactly like the bloke from the Bet365 adverts. <laughs> <laughs> Gr- yeah, with his gravelly tones. Um, right. Last bit of admin. Um, their voting for the Football Blogging Awards is closing soon. And we are here to say, if you enjoy what we do, please head over to holradio.net forward slash FBA to find out how you can vote for us. We were finalists last year. 
and we would really like to be finalists again so we can go up there and drink loads of free Carlsberg, basically. <laughs> Where is it this year? Is it Old Trafford this it, year? It is at Old Trafford it's... this year. They have upgraded. Um, it's getting bigger and bigger each year. So, um, you know, and it's fair play to the guy. It's just one guy who decided there was a hole in the market and he was going to do some blogging awards. So fair play to him. And it is a good night up there. And last year I got two free copies of Football Manager as well. So, you know, I don't know why I'd need two, but, you know, there you go. So, all that's left to say is thank you very much to Jell for joining me. Cheers, Terence. How did you find your first show, mate? Yeah, pop my cherry. I'm relieved. <laughs> 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 and Lucy, thank you as always for joining us. Thank you too. You must remember that on Sunday from 8 p.m., we will be reviewing the Sunderland game. Um, I'm going to assume that Hambo will be presenting that. And um, hopefully, much like this week just gone, we'll be talking about another win and everyone can be joyous. But until next week, it's goodbye from the preview pod. Goodbye. Bye. Let's talk about the next generation of fantasy football at FanDuel. You select a team of Premier League players for a single day's fixtures. That means you're not locked in for the whole season. You can play, watch and win in one day. When your players nail it on the pitch, you rack up points and jump up the real money leaderboard. FanDuel's scoring system uses OptiStats to reflect every player's true on-field contribution. So, outscore your opponents and win cash for your football expertise. Every Premier League match day with FanDuel and just for Homesdale radio listeners we've got an extra special offer right now when you sign up use the promo code palace that means if you don't make money in your first contest FanDuel will refund your entry fee up to £10 so go to FanDuel.co.uk and use the promo code palace to grab the offer now what are you waiting for terms apply over eight the TalkSport fan network is proudly teaming up with three for mental health awareness week this year Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club. Because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.